0: Thank you. I've got too many things now. Good morning, everyone. How are we? Good morning, everyone at home. Nice to see you. It's a point where you say hello. Sorry, I realise I'm Scottish. I will go slowly for you. Hello. I'll talk like Nikki. We're going to talk about the pa. I'm only joking, boss. It is so good to be here with you this morning. Um, as Nikki said, my name's Des, and I um, I just want to share a little bit of my story with you. And I just want us to be thinking this morning, especially about invitation. Would that be okay? Good, oh, you've got it right this time. Audience participation is required. Awesome. So, yeah, my, my name's Des, as I said, and I grew up in the northeast of Scotland. If you've ever had a Speyside malt whiskey, I created it, my family created it, we, we are where it's all from. It's actually where um, Sandy Miller, who was the previous reverend, boss, bishop, overlord of HTB was, and um, Sandy and I are from the same place. I realize if you've ever met Sandy that you will be surprised by that. And um, it's also where Nicky and Pippa had their honeymoon, which is a claim to fame that I'm also taking. And in fact, it's where my tattooist is, and it's the same one that Nicky uses. Um, so that's good. We've both got Alpha, look, see? Living the dream, come on. Nicky's is a full back. Do you want to show everyone? No? Okay. Um, so anyway, I I grew up up there and I wanted to become a superstar DJ because, let's be honest, press and play and dancing about seems like a really good way of making money. And I just thought I would be amazing at that. You know, I'm handsome. I can do this. You know, I was like, what more do you need in life? And I I became quite famous in the Elgin area. There was about eight, maybe nine people who knew who I was. (laughs) Two of them were sheep. But, you know, that's a... It's a different matter, but I am um, a part of that whole scene, as I'm sure many of you are aware, is there's a whole drink and drugs culture that surrounds it. And unfortunately, I got myself kind of tied up in that mainly because I-, I wanted to be the person that partied the hardest, I wanted to be the person that was at every party, that was in the middle of everything, that was the chaos in the room, and that just meant that. I, I just got more and more embroiled in this in this downward spiral of of drink and drugs and party lifestyle, so much so to the point where I actually had to stop DJing because nobody wanted to pay for the DJ to turn up and be more out of control than the guest. It's kind of like a frowned upon thing, do you know? When you can't speak and you're slurring your words, setting up, it's a bad sign. And then. Um, I did what any sensible person with a drug problem should do, and that's moved to Glasgow. <laughs> and um, when I got to Glasgow, um, I, I wasn't able to DJ anymore, but I was able to work on the doors as a bouncer. Um, surprisingly, I've got a face for it, apparently. And um, I'm really good at getting punched, which also helps. But um, while, I was, while I was there, I was getting more and more involved in, in violent acts, and I was getting more and more carried away in, and just these, these things that weren't me. And I got into this vicious downward spiral where I would act more and more out of control and then I would take more and more drugs to hide from the person that I was becoming. Like, if any of you guys ever felt like that, maybe not with drugs, but you know that, you're in that spiral and you just can't feel like you can get out of it. Like, there seems to be no way up. You're just in this, this chaos. And then, um, for me, that resulted in me taking an overdose one night. Not because not I was trying to end anything, just because I'm quite greedy. And um, I, uh, I could see my heart jumping out my chest. And, and I'm not a cardiothoracic surgeon, but that seems like quite a bad thing. When you can actually see your heart doing this. So I, I just cried out. I cried out to God or whoever was out there that I wanted to live. And then I woke up the next day and I never touched cocaine again. Isn't that amazing? Now the story would be really good if I then went, I realized it was Jesus and my life went like this, but I didn't. I put it down to the fact that I am the greatest human that has ever lived on this earth. I was indestructible. I beat drugs overnight. Hear me roar is kind of what I thought, do you know? And I was just, I I couldn't understand why everyone else couldn't do the same thing. But then this weird thing happened. Over the next three years, I kept meeting Christians. And in my line of work, that was quite a strange experience. You know, these visions in beige coming towards you, do you know? Like there was a lot of checked shirts and chinos. No offense, sir. But they were everywhere, do you know? And they've got the smile. You know the smile. (laughs) And it it got to the point that other people were seeing them and saying, oh, Des, there's a Christian to come and talk to you. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Do you know? And they say say weird things. Like, are you bathed in the blood? Like, no. I I don't know. Am I? Anyway, the, the... I kept meeting these Christians, and I worked in a shop during the day as well, and we were employing a new member of staff, and she said she couldn't work Sundays, and I was like, oh, I take it you're a Christian. She was like, I am. But we gave her the job anyway, and, um, but, but what I found really strange about this girl was that she was normal, like she liked the same music I liked. She, she wore the same kind of clothes I liked. She was into the same stuff I liked. For all intents and purposes, she was normal apart from this Christian thing that I just couldn't get my head around. But then I had a pet Christian that I could ask all my questions to. And I was like, this is amazing. So i bombarded her with questions and I kept asking stuff. And she bought me a Bible, which I ignored. And then um, I asked her a really important question. Would you go out with me? <laughs> yeah. And she said, no. Um, And, uh, sir, I feel that we have an affinity. I'm sure you can understand I was as surprised as that by everyone else in the room. Do you know, there was just this, like, I was like, what? She was like, look, you're not a Christian. I'm not interested. And I was like, you actually believe this stuff? Like, this stuff written in this book, you believe it? She was like, yeah, I do. And that totally blew my mind. Because as far as I was concerned, what she did was go along to a building on Sunday and do karaoke. She sang at a wall and there was nothing there to it. And I was like, I don't understand this. So in an effort to prove her wrong, I started reading the Bible. And then I don't know if you've, if you've been a new Christian, no one ever tells you that the Bible's actually 66 books. So I did what you start of any normal book you do. You start at page one but there's quite a lot of reading from page one. You know, there's Adam and Eve, there's this boy who builds a boat and sailed around Glasgow for 40 days while it rained. Um, there's, There's talking donkeys, there's burning bushes. Moses has got this stick that separates sea and also turns into a snake. What do you do with that? It just blew my mind. There was all these lists of numbers. There's a guy that gets stabbed in the stomach and then his belly eats the sword. Now, I am a rotund gentleman and I have been stabbed. That is not what happens. I can't get my head around this. And I kept reading and there's poetry and there's love and there's passion. And she was quite attractive, so I carried on reading. um, But I came to this part of the book. Let me just read this for you now. It's Ecclesiastes 3, a time for everything. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Isn't that just the most powerful thing? It just came alive in my head. I realized that if this was true, there was a space for me. And I saw my life before my eyes. And I was like, there must be more to life than this. There has to be more than what I'm doing right now. So I phoned up this girl, Fiona, and I said, hey, I think uh, I might be becoming one of you. Can we go to church? She was like, sure. So we went to church and then um, I got talking to the pastor and he, uh, he invited me along to this thing called Alpha. And I was like, oh yeah, I am not going to one of your brainwashing courses. And then he said, you got dinner. And I said, was it Tuesday at half seven? <laughs> and uh, so I went along. And do you know what I found on Alpha was the most, the most surreal thing was that there was a room of people who I had never met, who genuinely cared about me. They actually listened to my questions, regardless of how crazy they were, regardless of how difficult I was being. They loved me, but they loved each other. And I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around this. I was undone. And then I went on the Holy Spirit weekend and I had a powerful physical encounter with Jesus. And I knew that Jesus had came to Earth. He had died. He had rose again, and came back for me. The rest of you were just a bonus. <laughs> he literally came for me, and I was just blown away by this. And I was like, "Do you know what? It, this is so true." my life's gone out the window. So I gave up everything. I gave up my job. I gave up being a bouncer. I gave up working in the shop. And I started working for the church voluntary. I was a youth worker. And then uh, I got invited to start working for the church, paid. Me working for a church. I was like, okay. And then I got invited to go to Bible college. I was as shocked and stunned as you people are, quite clearly. I was like... Okay, then I got invited to be, to go through the training to become ordained. Hashtag RevDes. <laughs> right? I was like... <clears throat> and I kept, get, I, ke- I kept, sorry, I kept getting invited to more and more things. I got invited to work for Alpha as a youth coordinator. And then three years ago, I got made the Scottish director. Yeah, crazy, right? But it just keeps getting better because then I got invited to become the Europe, Middle East and North Africa Youth Director in January. Yeah, it's crazy. You knew there was another one coming as well. And then this weekend I just got announced as the President of the Boys Brigade. Yeah. It's hilarious, right? I, got, I went to Boys Brigade once and got thrown out. What happened is that I've just had invitation after invitation and God has opened door after door and all I've seen is an invitation's happen. I've said, okay, let's see what you're doing. And is that not the story of this book? As I read through this and every day that I read this since I hear about invitations to come and be a part of his journey, to come and be a part of his story. All of us are sitting here today because we've been invited to be here at some point in your life you've either been invited to become a christian you've either been invited to visit htb you've been invited into this building you've been invited into this family we're a story of invitation we're a collected group of invitations and what it always strikes me is that we need to be a people of that invitation We need to find the people in our lives and invite them into this journey, just like Fiona did for me. Fiona's now my wife. (laughs) Hey! And we've got three kids, and she is the most amazing person ever. And do you know the things that really made a difference for that invitation to me was that Fiona was real. And she prayed for me. I didn't know that she prayed for me, but she prayed for me every day for a year and a half. And actually, I can do those things. I can be real with the people that I care about, and I can pray for them. And I know that all of you, all of we, can. So I would just really love to, I'm going to finish with a prayer in a second, but just as we go into alpha season, I would just love for you guys to just think about who is it that you could invest in Who is it that you could say, I want to see them have a house next door to me in heaven? Who is it that we could take on this journey with us? Amen. Now, as I've been praying about coming down here, because it's a big deal coming to London, I really felt that there's some people who are just at the point of making that decision today. That there's some people that just have maybe been around for a little while, have heard this message before and actually want to know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior today. And if that's you, I I would love to just invite you to take that step. I would love to say, come and be a part of our family. We're dysfunctional and we're all weird, but there's a space for you here.